Hello everyone. Uh, welcome back to yet another episode of the Forever Forward podcast. And for those of you who do not know, we've we've done a bit of rejig in terms of our name. We were earlier known as the Facilities Management Times podcast, and we thought that since we were looking at 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 wider areas of digital transformation, operations and maintenance, and and smart buildings and whatnot, we thought that we would ought to give ourselves a name which best does justice to what we're talking about. And today I have a very, very special guest with me, Justin, um, you know, uh, from, from UK, who's, who's, uh, who have been, who've known for a little over a month, but we've had countless number of, of, of amazing conversations uh, already, and which prompted me to reach out to him and say, hey, you would have to be on our podcast because uh, a lot of people ought to hear, ought to hear him, his views, which are lateral, rational, and like a breath of fresh air when it comes to everything we talk about smart buildings. So I'll probably just hold back on that. Quickly let Justin say hello to the uh, to the to the audience. Hey Justin, would you like to say hello to everyone? Yeah, hi there. Um, should I give you a little bit of background and context? Absolutely. Yeah. So look, I mean, I've worn a number of hats over my career. You know, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, um, consultant, contractor. Um, and really across a number of sort of cross-cutting areas. So technology, sustainability, design, I guess, and marketing communications would probably be, be the kind of major ones, but that also how that marketing crosses over into design and innovation. So my actual academic background is human-centered design. And so I was um, approached recently to become this kind of somewhat bizarre title in some ways, but um, probably not in others, which is the smart building and sustainability advocate at a company called Ideal, who basically um, wanted to have kind of different kind of conversations with their customers, partly because you know, what they do in the smart building space can be seen by some as really a commodity because it's a networking side of things. But actually, that's a really important and fundamental part of enabling smart buildings. So they want to kind of change the conversation away from it just being, you know, this is just a whole load of switches and with feeds and speeds into why you know what they do really matters within the smart building space to be very fair and, and honest justin i don't think they could have found anyone else to be a, uh, an advocate so good job done by the recruitment guy, a person whoever <laughs> recruited you mate must have been exceptional uh but but again and to the audience you know uh what struck me about my conversation with justin is that he's probably one of the only few ones who's used concepts like or who's spoken about concepts like jobs to be done and, and all the value proposition canvases and stuff while talking about everything that we 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 have spoken about. And I'm sure you'll get to hear uh, sort of more of it. And, and, and this conversation, and again, uh, you know, obviously Justin's made my life likely difficult. He said, Ramesh, we will not have set questions. We will have a theme. We'll, we'll see how we go from here. So so the theme that, that that both of us thought would be very relevant is to look at the entire context setting of what smart building. Again, there's so much being spoken about, and I'll I'll probably be the 
the last person to be talking on smart building. So I let uh, Justin do the talking and I'll probably be only asking the questions. But but again, drilling then drilling down further from a very broad level to to what we see as a very great opportunity and a risk as well, but but more of an opportunity, which is the application of it in the in the environment of brownfield projects or or retrofit environment uh, in, in in that sense. So firstly, Justin, my first question, and this is something that stuck when when we were trying to define or understand because smart buildings has a lot of definitions, and we we don't have to do a job of of trying to add another definition, uh, which might just end up confusing people more than convincing them about smart buildings. But you use the word connected as a better representation of the ecosystem. Why would that be so? Well, I think, look, one of the things which happens when you've kind of worked in other business areas is you can see patterns, you know, both of problems and solutions. Now, mm-hmm. and one of the first things that I do when I look at a new area is look at the terminology. So if you look mm-hmm. at smart buildings, that's not the only term being used to describe them. There's intelligent buildings, autonomous buildings, and generally those terms come from people who have some axe to grind about why it might be called one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that I have seen in other areas, so for example, in the social impact space, there's a very famous ma- model called the ladder of participation, mm-hmm. okay, which kind of almost shows this kind of layers of or levels of how much participation you can have in co-creation, collaborative innovation, social innovation, etc. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it kind of goes from you know the most necessary thing you need to have to have any actual real participation to you know where it's kind of perhaps relatively trivial to where it's like totally people are engaged in the process right and there are other people which there are other models which show maturity models or you know progressions famous one being the experience economy which you know shows a progression of commodities to goods to to products to services to experience to transformation so suddenly those are kind of lenses I use to look at something and I'd have to say that I'm not sure if connected building is the kind of end point but Mm. I do think it's the starting point and that's often missed in the conversations around smart because you know if you have a maturity model or a ladder of or you know some form of ladder or some form of progression where is starting place in that i mean it isn't you know a building being flew full-blown ai autonomous being you know which has you know which can run the building without any of us being needed to do anything so Mm -hmm. you know the first starting place seems to me is you have to connect everything up because unless you connect everything up and by that i mean the operational technology the iot physical devices digital devices etc there's no data being Mm -hmm. taken to any of the platforms which are able to analyze it and Mm -hmm. then potentially automate any of that toilet technology to bring all the things but everyone says smartness is about you know like more sustainable buildings healthier buildings you know better understanding of usage of buildings better provision of you know customer experience etc or user tenant experience so you know the starting place has to be how you connect everything up and therefore i don't know if necessarily connected buildings is the best term for what you the where you your destination but it is definitely where you have to start 
But I think it's yeah. a, a obviously, I, you know, it did not come to my mind when you first spoke about it. But right now, when you when you probably uh, stressed about this point again and explained it, I think it it it's common sense. But but to be very fair, it's it's like it, it doesn't strike you, right? You say when when you know when we talk about smart buildings, we often talk about the end outcome, or we have the end outcome in mind, and which can be very different for different set of individuals or stakeholders in 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 that sense. But when we talk about connected and lay down that. You may have any outcome in mind, but the number one thing to start is to be able to connect the dots or the infrastructure and so on and so forth. So which kind of makes things relatively simple, uh, relatively, uh, not in absolute proportion. But then the 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 aspect, it, could you further break it down? Like when, when let's say if someone were to use this, this concept of looking at connected buildings to, to obviously they should be knowing on what are the outcomes they intend to drive because the outcomes could be very different. How does this change in the context of, you, you wanted to say something, you want to add something. You know, I was just going to say, look, I think it's kind of relatively simple because I'll use Star Trek as an, as, as an analogy, but you know, all mm -hmm. the stories are about what happens with Captain Kirk and the bridge. Okay. The mm -hmm. only time the engine room is ever brought into it is when the dilithium crystals aren't working anymore. And I think that's a bit like smart buildings because every, what excites everybody is all the kind of apps and platforms and what you can do with all of that. And, you know, that makes absolutely absolute sense because in a way that's the bit that, you know, is very tangible. You can see the dashboard and it's representation of what the delivery might be to the mm. Mm. And users. Mm. But none of that is possible without some of the other stuff underneath it. And that bit is often hidden and not thought about. And so there's a kind of distortion you know a glitch in the matrix or whatever there's a sort of distortion field around smart buildings because mm. all the energy and enthusiasm and excitement is about one end of it but that end of it doesn't happen isn't possible without the other end of it and it's the thinking can often become not joined up because of that because it's you know what are we it's all about and you know and rightly so you know any human-centered design or you know user-centered design has to start by putting yourself in the shoes of who it is you're designing for so absolutely right but it's about outcomes and all of those things that we talked before jobs to be done you know pains gains challenges all of those things that you're trying to do and and i guess that's another thing which is kind of problematic from those people in the world of it too because mm. Traditionally, they've been in the business of selling products, hence what I said before about all about switches being about feeds and speeds. You know, what right. is what support count? You know, how do we IP address each thing which connects to it? What's the speed going through it and you know, things like that? But actually, in, and, and when you're in the smart building space and particularly when you're trying to offer services around that kind of core central common converged integrated network again another area where there's about 20 different terms to describe <laughs> um is that you're having to think about outcomes you're having to think much more about solutions not mm. about products so mm. it's inevitable but from what i've seen in in the relatively short space I've seen in it, but those kind of two sides aren't as kind of joined up as they could be. As they could be. 
So, I mean, let's talk about the connectivity between the two when you said, you know, one is the outcome, which probably you're one most people are excited about. But I'm assuming thinking about connectivity and the, and the, and, and the connectivity from the perspective of thinking about it as a connected building or as, as a connected infrastructure uh, must be very different when you are doing a greenfield versus a brownfield uh, sort of a retrofit environment. What's your take on that? Well, you beat me to it because that was going to be my next point. And I think like the reason why this connected thing is and that progression mm. is important. Because look, I kind of I can't here's what my the pros and cons of the um greenfield or new build as some of the as it's mm. often called in the construction area is that mm. in some ways everything has to be done at the beyond set you know you've kind of you have to think it all through you're going to be buying a huge amount of you know new plants and other operational technology you've right. got to think about the devices you've got to think about the network you've got to think about that all being connected up and that all being connected up in a kind of schedule which you know maps on to the construction plan of works hmm. because you know there's other tradespeople going into the building trying to do their bit where you know whatever bit of the mechanical and electrical plumbing they're supposed to be doing you're having to hmm. do all of this in and around them so it's much more logical ordered and but the downside is those specifications are often written two or maybe more years before the building actually goes live so at the point it goes live, often the technology in it, unless there's been some more iterative thinking throughout the process, was specified quite long before that building went live. Okay. Mm -hmm. And therefore, and then it's really expensive to have to change anything by then because you've just made this huge investment in putting that infrastructure in place. Mm -hmm. But then so I think in the brownfield or retrofit. But you know, everyone's talking about um that connected piece. So inevitably a new build or greenfield um project is going to be connected at the onset, okay, completely, because it has to be if the ambition to was to be smart and get one of the different scores which are out there, whether it's platinumness or whatever that. Mm. That's the ambition and everything has to go there. So that's inevitably it's going to be connected. But in the in the brownfield retrofit scenario, that is your starting place. <laughs> we have to think about how we're going to make it a connected building first before we ever think about it being smart, autonomous or intelligent mm. because we probably have existing assets already here and right. there's probably a whole load of other assets, digital ones, sensors etc mm. which we need to deploy to help mm. give some of those kind of tenant and user experience improvements air quality monitoring density monitoring you know maybe some of the some of the um energy optimization might not need might not be completely all there at the onset because that's about getting information from all the plant and all right. the different operational right. technology but there are things you could be doing at the beginning and one of the things you're going to have to be doing is thinking about the converged or common or integrated network and how you're going to plan and how you might scale that because that's going and not just that 
but also how you do the edge or you know a lot of people call it different things but above the network is the edge or data integration layer often through platforms like Tridium's Niagara to help get the data to go from the different devices to well, whosever platform it is that is going to be sitting at the other end of it. So all of that needs to be thought through. But what tends to happen is that someone commissions the new CCTV system, okay? Mm. And with the new CCTV system, they buy a network, and because they've invested that money in that network, yeah, that money which could have been used from that work could have gone towards making a network that everything could have connected to. So suddenly, not just the CCD, not just the CCD. Yes, that could have been used for everything. But they've just invested in a network just for the CCTV. So all that budget has suddenly been pushed away. So there's a kind of much more upfront thinking and about like okay we know where we want to get to mm. because that's the, whatever we're going to call the next layer or whatever yeah. we're going to call the progression from connected to smart intelligence. Yeah, yeah yeah and you're heading in that way but you're going to have to start here and and start there so if you're thinking about any kind of refresh of any operational technology Mm. or even network refresh, so information technology, that is the point at which you start saying, okay, we need to get a lot more people in the room than just the IT person or the building management person and start putting them together to try and plan this so that we can start building a roadmap, seeing what assets we have, seeing what assets we will, you know, physical and digital assets we will need. So I think it's a very different way of going about things than it is with the um and i think we discussed it before is i mean i don't think it's completely true but it's a kind of useful kind of analogy or metaphor to kind of describe it Mm. but because construction projects are waterfall for a reason exactly that was what i was coming to that was a great experience so buildings don't fall down you know that's why you do a waterfall project management like Mm. any engineering project you Mm. don't want bridges not meeting Mm. in the middle right you have to have you don't want some agile thing where oh we're gonna maybe get here (laughs) so but so in a way the what happens with the information technology or ict infrastructure is it kind of follows that waterfall Hmm. methodology by just virtue of necessity of what else is going on on the construction project um not necessarily after practical completion but up up until up till up until makes sense yeah makes sense and so in the um yeah in the brownfield retrofit i think there's a much greater opportunity to be more agile because Mm. again they can potentially suffer from the same problem about specifications being out of date by the time something happens so let's say you do an initial thing with some plans or by the Mm. time you've installed that and it's all operational then things will have moved on anyway so you need to be able to keep kind of doing the iterations evolving it etc etc so Justin, if you were to take a step back, I mean, like you on on the greenfield versus brownfield, I remember in, in that conversation you made a very, you know, a, a, a comment that kind of again is simple but powerful is that when when everything is in the construction stage, it has to be delivered. So 
you ha- there are there are specifications for everything there is very there's like a zero room for any deviation there is there is like you know really so if if the network has to be in a particular way way the devices have to be connected and stuff like that all have to be as per specifications which have been drilled down but when you look at the brownfield the challenge then becomes is there at a in greenfield the number of stakeholders were limited you had the probably the company that was doing the construction the company that owns the asset and and there's a transfer handhold process very little of it is is like even in the handover process facilities management companies for large infrastructure don't really come into play they've been trying to shout at the top of their lungs they get us involved while the handover is happening but i don't think anyone ever listens that hasn't happened but as soon as you come into the brownfield or retrofit environment you have a way more number of stakeholders all of a sudden you have uh, um, companies which are into applications or apps or uh companies which are into hardware or bms companies or facility man so you have a way more different stakeholders then yes. it's just a question for, your, for for a company like yours which wants to have a more broad conversation i mean how do you even bring all of them together like what what do you think is going well because at the I end mean, of the day, just just one 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 final point before you is because yeah. you know your as you said you know your work essentially is the starting point but but one needs to know where they might want to go and there's just too many people uh in the room now okay so two things one is the th- the point you made about the fm which i think is really interesting because in the past most of the specifications are coming from what we would call building consultants so there may be a division of a you know engineering company or potentially something like that you know i'm not going to name the names but there are a lot of them and lot, some of them have smart building consultancy teams within them okay so that's where right. the specifications but you're now seeing people who used to work in those kind of building consultants setting mm. up similar consultancies in the fm companies without mm. naming names um to do exactly that so basically the fm and we're talking about the you know from the four bigger ones that everyone knows mm. um you know they are having special digital advisories and now that um arms and now they're having smart building consultancy arms within them which i think is trying to address this problem is look you know at some point the fm or building services company is going to be having to manage all of this right therefore it makes sense for whoever specifying it mm. to be you know at least have involved if not doing the specification come from that side of things hmm. you know and i think it will end up being horses for courses about who decides you know whether they go with the traditional more you know the traditional route of building consultants or they go with this kind of new breed but i'm beginning to see emerge but i mean i'm only beginning to see that emerge within the time i've um hmm. you know when they're truly writing the actual sp- specifications that you know people like ideal receive mm. um in answer to your other question how do you do with the multiple stakeholders well i could tell you how i'm trying to be how i've been trying to deal with perfect it. that makes well, sense this is part of it really you know i'm having conversations with you you know you're on you know that i've met some other people in the cloud space and app space and had conversations with them and you know you may have seen on linkedin but i hosted a you know i Event, yeah. i didn't host it i basically curated and emceed it but the 
kind of underlying principle behind the creation was how do you get people from across the industry in mm. one room to come and speak to each other so that had investor developers mm. it had building landowners it had mm. construction companies it had building consultants it had MEPs it had BMS people it had platform people all in the and I think it may have even had you know passive infrastructure structured cabling type people and it had a major it vendor behind the kind of ict products mm. you know behind the network and other aspects of smart building so you know the part of the purpose was that was at least how can you facilitate a conversation now clearly that's on a very small scale for for one you know company in that mm. whole in that ecosystem i mean I think some of the certification bodies would argue that that's what they're also trying to achieve. And mm. in a way that their certifications are the kind of embodiment of that kind of interchange, you know, the conversation that they help facilitate and research and analysis around that, that they do, you know, that's, and given that a lot of people are getting certified by those things, maybe there's that's the proof in the pudding. So I think, you know, that's one of the things. What I would say is I haven't really seen anyone as yet produce a kind of structured blueprint, you know, for a kind of retrofit or brownfield type situ, you know, opportunity scenario whatever you want to call that particular mm. thing and mm. i think that's partly because there's never going to be one size fits all approach to it mm. Mm. but i do think you could say here is a kind of progression route that you need to be thinking about you know like auditing what assets you have um you know working out what the outcomes are that you're trying to achieve you know working out how what it is that you could be doing without having to do major refreshes on all your equipment just mm. by using you know a, a scalable common network um new sensors and devices power over ethernet all of those kind of things which will give you some kind of future proofing and be mm. able to bring more things on board as you mm. go forward mm. you know how much can you ensure that open protocol is part of whatever it is that you're doing and all of those things mqtt which you probably mm. know well mm. about for your platform so the um all of that kind of things i think you know and uh, look i'm not a project manager so i understand journeys and you know personas and the jobs to be done, done how you would map an ecosystem how you would do priority mapping on all of the different you know needs and wants of a yeah. of the particular user group yeah. and look and it's you know i think we touched upon this before you know about all the different platforms out there i mean you know i'm just going to give three categories there's probably more of them and you know you'll mm. feel free to throw more of them at me but there's certainly those which are more focused on 
tenant and user functionality they're often apps which you people have on their mobile okay there's often a platform sitting behind them there are those which are much more designed on estate management those people who have large portfolios and lots of buildings and mm. assets within that estate mm. or portfolio and then there are those which are much more about building operations and management you know like when are we going to have to when are we going to have to service the elevator? When are we going to have to do fire checks? When are we going to have to do this? You know, which devices are actually on, which has fallen off the network? Is that the network's fault or is that the actual whatever it is, you know, the fire system itself or, you know, something much smaller than that, you know, the fob device and on building A, no one can get into the building or whatever, those kind of things. So, or mm. security or cctv whatever so that's you know and there are people who want to bring you know put in you know kind of one size fits all solutions which cover all of those and i think as we discussed there's a sort Fog. of well, there's a problem there. I mean, it's a bit like a Swiss Army knife, isn't I it? I mean, you but know? but for for interest of everyone, the spog that, that probably we're talking yeah, about. Sorry, is, yes, sorry, the spog. Yes, yeah. Yes, is the is the single pane of glass view that a lot of white papers suggest as a as the sort of uh, uh, be it all uh, strategy. So I think yeah. So we ended up having. So would I mean would love to know what you you know share with with everyone what you think of that spog and again does it apply to all and and what could be the spog at all? Well, I mean that would. I mean, maybe in some comms room or command center in some sort of, mm. you know, where everyone's sitting looking at the dashboards in one place. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's about whose job is it and what jobs to be done do they have? You know, is the person who looks after, who's responsible for the culture and community of the building and right. therefore much more kind of user and tenant focused, are they looking at the same things as the person who's head of building operations, okay? Mm. Or the person mm. who's head of estate management? And mm. is is that one role really mm. or several roles? And therefore, are they going to need different views, you know, depending on what their jobs are? That also means there's different personas that they're having to think about or, you know, users that they're thinking about and so my take in whatever area of solution development that i've ever been in the past is you always end up with this situation between enterprise wide versus best of breed and that being a kind of strategic decision that someone who makes the commissioning has to think about are we going to get one enterprise wide platform because we have yeah one sla on it <laughs> we have one bill one billable person or are we going to get several things because those are best of best in their class now hmm. you know i'm not going to say that someone one's who better than one, the other yeah. yeah yeah i'm just going to say that there are some problems in that because why best of class exists in the first place is often because the people making that platform better understand the users they have been developing for it's as mm. simple as that you know mm. if they didn't understand that then they wouldn't be a best-in-class solution okay true that. so true that. it's always the case that you know so anyone who offers a one-size-fits-all would have to probably demonstrate that really they do each one of the different components they offer is at least as good if not better 
than the, the best, best in class in British, you know, and that would mean that they would have to basically really got under the skin and each one of those different areas of the people using those different things. Now, I'm not saying that's impossible, but it's always going to be, you know, and I don't know about smart building because I don't know enough about the people offering those, who offers those solutions and whether they can do it. But my taking out from other business areas is just the learning, like, just the learning from elsewhere. They're not yeah, it's just yeah. like they often are a bit like Swiss Army nice. You know, they have all mm. the different tools, but not one of those tools is as good as that single tool itself. Okay, Makes so sense. the knife on a Swiss Army knife is not as good as having a, a you know a separate knife. Neither is the screwdriver. Neither are the scissors. You know, mm. probably the only thing on a Swiss Army knife which is as good as an uh, one which is yeah is the toothpick. <laughs> you know so um so i think that's the problem about one size fits all and and potentially now also a single pane of glass doesn't necessarily have to be one solution it could be something which brings in data from different solutions and presents them on a dashboard which the user you know the the um different users stakeholders within you know the organization have asked for you know because yeah. whoever's asking for the sustainability reporting thing may need very different needs to the person who wants to make sure that the lifts are all maintained properly and operational so it's True kind that. of like, you know so there's no reason why you know you couldn't have a sink you know someone you know let's take in a different area monday.com for example which pulls in other people you know allows openness to be able to use other applications in the overall application like i could easily see something like that happening in a kind of smart building space where someone says look we're going to create a platform which allows other people's platforms but then, but then the point is yes a platform cannot be a culmination of applications within your own app platform like it, it then really has to open up when you when you yeah. look at it. and that's but yeah got, got it and i think and you're starting to see that you know the term marketplace happening you know with different people i mean the whole tritium niagara framework is built on that isn't it mm. with their database mm. and things like that it's True open that. so maybe you'll see more things like that around the different applications out there and there will be the you know as i say there will be this kind of divide between enterprise wide versus best in class or best of breed or whatever you want to call it i mean that's uh, that's how i can see that that all shaking out over the next you know few years or whatever hey thanks justin i mean uh, appreciate your views on on a single pane of glass and i completely agree that if, that again we are it's going to be too premature to rule anything out um, I mean, you know, given the way solutions are developing and the kind of stakeholders that are getting involved, you we might see a lot of uh, uh, a lot of innovation happening. But but I but I agree that 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 you know the way you know the, just just my perspective on Spog, the way Spog's been defined is probably not what it should be and, and not what it would be. Uh, it would really have to be really really open. So what I'm trying to say, it, it cannot be the Apple way where you say my OS, my applications, and I control. That's not a definition of being open. Is how how I would I would look at uh you know but it it really yeah and, look, yeah. and look here's another thought because back in the day, you know when 
financial technology or at least the kind of area I was in was called treasury technology mm. you know there were companies like SunGuard which helped consolidate the market by basically acquiring a whole load of best of breed players who did a specific you know financial instrument or areas right. of trading whether it was commodities derivatives or whatever so there's no reason in principle but some big player may come along who might start doing that kind of consolidation where they'll say right we're gonna you know analyze the market see what the you know how it slices and dices mm. and create a best of breed platform you know from the people within the market Makes who sense. already have best of breed platforms and you know they would have the money and investment to be able to do that so it's not like it's theoretically impossible i just think unless you have that kind of scale and money behind mm. you it's going to be more difficult because to pull it you off. don't have the resources to really dig deep enough into each different kind of cluster of people that you're trying to develop part of your solution around so you know that's really my take on it but you know historically if you look at other sectors mm. people have kind of worked out how they solve those problems you know right. so you know either through acquisition or research and their own research and development and innovation depending on how much it's going to be not built from here or not you know true that true that no that that helps but i, I go back to one of the points that you mentioned earlier when you said that uh one of the things you are looking at doing and, and a part of your role is to be able to strike different conversations uh, uh, or let's say broader conversations with your with you, with your customers. And again, when we when you spoke about the fact that there isn't a lot of conversations, uh, independent conversations happening out in the market when it when it comes to retrofit uh, sort of environment. Just just wondering uh, out of all the stakeholders, who could potentially take the lead or is 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 it like one and, and again, when I say who, I'm not meaning a company, but who as in which of those stakeholders could have a broader say or interest, according to you so far, what you've seen and say, fair enough, it lies in our best interest to be able to sort this and bring everyone together. Could could there be could there be some someone well, doing that? I mean, at the moment, I think that that's a kind of ambition that some of the certification bodies are trying to bring about. I mean, mm. there's, you know, there are some, you know, networks out there who are trying to do things like this, you mm. know, and there are some kind of, um, I can't remember what, the, there's a network kind of based out of New York, I think, was trying to do something like this. Um, and then there's a few kind of commu uh, network, community, whatever you want mm. to call the group. And, you know, then there are things like, you know, I don't know if that's necessary, their kind of remit, but they do have a kind of educational remit. So Nexus Labs is a kind of example. Smart Building um, Boot Camp is another. Example, you know, yeah. Not necessarily that's there necessarily. Sorry. Sorry for that tautology. It's not necessarily that that is their core remit, but there's no reason in principle why that why can't, they can't. couldn't hmm. be part of what they do. However... The most interesting discussions, 
you know I've had personally and that's because I'm not necessarily involved in those communications and certification bodies and you know educational communities or whatever so much mm. has been far more by informal networks you know mm. and you know, who seem to have a sort of fight club rule, but the first thing is you don't talk about fight club. But the, the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not because there's anything untoward going on, it's because it is far more informal, you know, they're Makes meeting, they ha- you know, and it, I guess, you know, so this comes to the heart of what I do, I think, because I think a lot of people think I'm some sort of network harvester or, you know, lead gen guy or content guy or whatever. I mean, actually what I really... Perhaps all rolled into one. (laughs) Yeah, probably, you know, and, you know, forgive me, I have sinned. (laughs) um, (laughs) I'm a recovering network harvester. (laughs) But the... um, is But there's a much broader purpose behind that and that's called market engagement really i'm going to be starting to write some posts about it and you know so clearly someone's paying me they they want something in return for that you know so and you know but however there's some other things which come out of that and i suppose because one of the areas i've been in and i actually co-wrote a book around it you know looking at it strategically a lot like the kind of conversations that you and I have been having and I've been having others you know looking Mm. at the naming of it looking at the layers of it looking Mm -hmm. at the problems that are being solved trying to think about it as a phenomena or an ecosystem and things like that Mm. and that was the content marketing space so part of what I do is connected to that but part of the problem with that approach is it's become part of a very problem it It was sorted to solve to solve because everyone is a thought leader now everyone is putting out a white paper and it's this whole concept of we are experts here's our expert opinion but everyone can see that's just the setting out of a stall okay Hmm. it's just more marketing collateral editorialized or presented as research or whatever right so it's it's currency has been lost or its value Hmm. so and partly because the way its success is measured is on the same way that what it was trying to be an antidote for, which is advertising. Its success is measured on how much attention it generates, not necessarily the outcomes. It sort of well, the insights up... and intelligence which comes out of the process. You know, mm. what have we actually learned by having this conversation, running this event? putting this report together has Mm. that strategically helped our business or not understand the market we're in understanding the needs and wants of the users Mm. or is it just our success is judged because loads of people talked about it and said this is really clever so i'm not saying all those things like the profile building and reputation building benefits or useful or important but actually what's really useful about it is the insight you know market intelligence that comes out of the facilitation and doing it so you know does it matter how many people actually saw the output Mm. if the insight from that conversation was generated fundamentally helped you rethink or reshape your business 
because it mm. was something that you'd failed to see or understand that was coming down the line, you know. So it's How not do you, really, yeah. you know, it's like I had this conversation with that person, they gave me this insight, and that totally rewired my thinking about this thing because I hadn't seen part that of that. Hmm. You know, so hmm. so yeah, so I mean, and that's more comp so in a way. It's kind of like putting marketing, putting research back into marketing and that becoming more of a strategic business function rather than just a promotional business function, because it's about, you know, these conversations, whether they're one to one roundtables, informal in networking, you know, around facilitated by some talks and other things going on. Mm. Those are kind of the real currency, I think, because that's when you really get to understand what it is that people are trying to achieve, what are the jobs they've, you know, what are their jobs to be done, what are the problems and what are the challenges they're facing, because then you can think about, okay, I hadn't thought about that, here's a potential solution, and that probably changed my priority mapping of what are the key challenges that those people are facing. But I guess that kind of joined upness a more holistic way of thinking about things is problematic for a lot of organizations because you know although they may talk about you know autonomy and things like that organizations are about we're paying this person to do this particular job or we're paying that person to do that particular job and therefore it's harder to kind of see well actually that thing's much more joined up it cuts across different you know, business functions in our organization, you know, from strategic thinking, new product development, marketing, sales, all of these all of things, that. you know, so it. I think that's kind of like, so yes, you can formalize it, but the formalization of it makes it into a framework or something of which you're then selling. And at that point, you have an ax to grind around the thing you're selling, as opposed to it, that all that research and intel just being more informal. I mean, look, there's nothing, neither of us here are trying to sell each other's products you know so we're having a conversation because we're generally interested in this and having conversations with other people in the ecosystem helps us understand or what's happening on yeah yeah changes the way we think about these things so i don't know i mean you know that's why i kind of a lot of this put my kind of design thinking hat on around all of this is it's kind of like in a way just a kind of extended part of the discovery phase or deep dive into the space you're in, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's interesting because it reshapes my thinking about, you know, and on a very kind of, you know, on one level, that's about the SWOT, isn't it? You know, what are the threats? What are the opportunities? If those are threats and opportunities, where are the strengths and weakness in, in terms of responding to those? Um, but it's also about, you know, well, actually, the real problem for construction companies is this, or the real problem for investors, developers is this, or this. the real problem for building landowners is this, you know. And therefore, you know, if we're framing what our solution is, it has to take that into you know, account, bear problem in mind and be part of how the messages is and what the value proposition is and all of those things. So, you know, and it's funny, I've never seen those things as isolated. And, you know, in the startup space, 
if you look at a company like Strategizer, who make the books like the Business Model Canvas, the mm. Value Proposition mm. Canvas, mm. that's all integrated. You know, you start with a business model environment, then you look at the business model, then you look at the value proposition, then you have a whole load of tools about how that's rolled out. And, you know, some of those tools include looking at the team, um, <laughs> Behind, kind of deeply interconnected. You, you, you kind of one leads to the other. Yeah, and, not, and also, yeah. you know, and there's a whole load of diagrams from the kind of lean startup, which kind of join the dots between design thinking, lean UX, agile development, growth hacking, and they don't those diagrams join the dots between all of those things. They're not mm. seen as so. It's not like I'm the only person who's thinking like these, these things need joining up. There's people much I more. I think yeah. you're quite correct, Justin. I mean, I think what you what you say is obviously the the essence of it. I mean, I think you rightly said that a today obviously and, and people within our own rights. I mean, I'm sure uh, you know when you say there are a number of thought leaders, which a, is a good thing that today. I think we're in a democratic environment where at least you don't need to be really big to be to to share your piece of of your opinion or what you think, but it's just that, you know, I mean, people have also with, with so many people sharing their own opinion or, or what they think, uh, it, it has also become the, pe the, the people lis listening to it or reviewing it have become wiser. And, and that's where I think the best form of content that wins is the, is the content that is, as you rightly said, is, is not even in its any form designed to sell, but designed to educate. Um, and then if if selling has to happen, it happens. But fair enough. I mean, um, I think the two of you, uh, two of us, can do what we can, which is to have a conversation, which we've had. But I'll go back to one, you know, last forward-looking question for you. You've 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 uh, from you. So you've spoken about the, the, you know, as a recap as well for everyone. Like we've spoken about why it's not a challenging situation. So it's not either or, but why probably starting from a connected and uh, sort of thinking process helps, uh, you know, people start because it's it's like the start, you're very certain of where you want to start. The end might change uh, or influence your progress. And it's best to look at progression, as you said. And, and that fundamentally is, is what the bigger opportunity, uh, you know, retrofit environment presents us with and so on and so forth. We've spoken about, about that. What's that one thing you are incredibly excited about, one or maybe two, uh, uh, about about this space uh, and probably if we can limit to retrofit environments for 2023. Yeah, look, I mean, I need to be careful because it sounds like I think it says you should start with the network and, and connecting things. I'm not really saying that because I do think you have to start with outcomes and things like that. But to be able to get to those outcomes, you have to start. That's with the fundamental. Makes sense. You've got Makes to connect sense. with things up. So, you know, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, I don't mm. know if it, well, okay, there's two things things exciting me or interesting me. I mean, what I think exciting me about the retrofit is there are there's a lot of talk about it, but far few case studies out there of anyone who's done it very well. Okay, and so mm. that probably needs to come out a bit more. What I am excited about is like a lot of people are talking about it. Um, I think actually there's quite a lot of 
from my experience of speaking to different people across the field, the, the thinking is actually quite divergent at the moment. And mm. I think that's potentially a problem and one that needs to be solved. Because if there's a lot of divergency, it's only going to create market confusion about and what when you about. just just this is interesting. So when you talk about divergence, is it divergence in the minds of the customers? or the potential asset owners or in the minds of market stakeholders? I think it's those who are providing solutions because they mm. look at the, you know, the solution to every, you know, it's like if you have a hammer, the solution to every problem is a hammer. And so, um, right. and I think, so I think, you know, a lot of the solution providers think that think, you know, from, and I'm not saying every single one, but enough of them. General consensus. Do yeah. have be a little bit blinkered by their solution being the route to solving the problem when you speak to a load of other people if they're all saying something similar then you go well if everyone thinks that their own one is is the starting place and right way of you know doing this then you know something isn't quite right here so you know there's probably a need for a kind of round table or report or whatever which ask different stakeholders about you know their particular view on how they see this to look at where things converge and where they diverge because it can't be the solution can't be it can't be always one person's perspective out of all the difference you know makes sense different stakeholders so there has to and you know if it, and and in a way you kind of get the if you have that situation, you get the penguin around the ice problem, around the hole in the ice problem, mm. which is none of the penguins want to jump into the hole in the ice because they don't want to be eaten by the shark or seal or orca or whatever. But mm. once one jumps in, <laughs> then they all go. because. Right. And so at the moment, when there isn't this kind of clear way or kind of at least some common agreement about what is the best way to progress with this mm. you're getting the thing you know there's a there's concern about being the first to, you know to jump in and take a risk of it and i'm not saying people aren't doing it and aren't doing it well but it's this given all the talk about retrofitting or you know mm. brownfield it's not you're not seeing it in any way near the um anywhere near in terms of the case studies as you are for new build i mean i i don't know you know i it, based on what i'm seeing and linkedin and all the other things you know there's not this kind of body of here's a load of people who have done retrofit here's how they've done it here's how they roadmap it here's how they got the different stakeholders together or whatever so i think um another thing which probably will come back to me about that uh, um uh, which I kind of see as um, exciting is I don't know whether it really matters about brown or greenfield, new build or retrofit, but I am seeing this kind of consolidation with master systems integrators, okay, mm. or master systems integration as approach. So if you see a smart building consultant sitting in the middle of the user functionality and the technical foundation, because mm. they're the people who write specifications, whether they're from the original kind of building consultants or the kind of new breed which are emerging out of FMs, mm. Um, mm. they sit there. They're, they're rarely actually involved in deployment, 
you know, because that's master systems integrators will be, you know, the tritium resellers, the right. people who are putting in the ICT infrastructure, the people doing the structured cabling, right. um, power over Ethernet and all of those things. They're the Correct. people who are building the kind of infrastructure, connecting up, you know, the commissioning of the IT, the um, issuing of IP addresses for all of the different devices, et cetera, et cetera. But I kind of see a lot of those things consolidating. So, and I'm about to share a diagram, which is a best, less about it being a series of layers, devices, network, edge data integration, yeah. cloud platform, but more about the players involved in those different things Got and the more about how they're starting to cluster. So okay. cloud platform companies are by virtue of a necessity because if they want to build for their platform are often having to become more involved in master systems integration because mm. otherwise their platform isn't going to be getting the data that they need to be able to show value so you're kind of seeing those people who do edge device and data integration mm. having to offer you know merging yeah. or with the cloud platform things Often not because that's what they want to do, because they actually just want to be selling the platform because they have to do that. Um, you're also seeing, you know, the device layer, BMS, OEMs and others doing some of that edge and edge and data integration. And that's not a big surprise because Honeywell owns both Tridium and Trend. So, so they would rather do it. Yeah. Why wouldn't they be a reseller of those products as well as that? And therefore right. they're also starting to provide networks as well as part of that. Hmm. Then you're seeing the kind of people who were the kind of Tridium Niagara or Trend type resellers also kind of merging with the kind of so the MSIs and MSPs emerging. So you're seeing a lot of consolidation and fluid fluidity between those different people in that space. And I don't think that's really about new build versus retrofit. It's, it's a general just, move. Yeah, it's yeah. a general move. And, and, and partly because it's about what are the jobs to be done and the problems to be solved and who's got to solve them. Well, often those problems happen at the same time. So. You know, when I first started to come into this space, I kind of saw the network as necessarily being at the heart of this. And I think that's still a really important part of it because it's what connects everything up. But I'm beginning to think on the technological foundation, it mm. might be the asset information model, which is actually at the center of everything, because that tells you exactly what it is that is being connected up. And that's what provides all the data that you're going to have to then analyze or automate. It's also where the cybersecurity threat comes in. So mm -hmm. because it's those assets, those devices, which, which can, present yeah. the, the new thing, you know, once you start connecting things up, even whether it's an ac Wi-Fi access point, they mm -hmm. all start to prevent cybersecurity risks. So maybe, I don't know if it's the heart, but it's kind of like, that's thing. the thing which kind of joins all the things together and it's kind of interesting if you look at the smart score framework it's almost right in the middle of things too although they do it in slightly different layer their way they structure their kind of key criteria is slightly different so you know even my you know even as i look at these things things evolve based on more information and and i'm already seeing like that kind of consolidation that i've just described 
described there. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that that uh, interesting. In fact, I I, I did not. So that's that's obviously a, a a very good takeaway from for me. I did not see that coming. The the consolidation and 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 sort of uh, movement across the different sort of stakeholders and one trying to do what the other would do. Not well, look, I mean, it's like all things. Again, it's a bit like I said about, you know, someone buying, you know, an enterprise wide solution versus, you know, having several SLAs for best of breed platforms. I think it's the mm. same with this. You know, some people may want a one stop shop, you Makes know, sense. which does everything, you know. Others are going to want specialists who can do, you know, again, one specialists. thing really, really, very well, which what really they well. Want. And, you know, often that's going to be probably about the size of a project. You know, if it's massive project, you might, you know, you'll probably have budget to be able to, you know, have other people, you know, mm. might not understand why there's so much margin being passed down chains, you know, and might say, well, actually, that needs to be consolidated, you know, around because you know we don't want to have have all these different contractual issues with all these different mm. people so i don't think again you know that's going to be determined on lots of different factors about and you're seeing that not just in you know i think it's because we're linked to construction so everything i described there is no no kind of like you know trade secret or anything it happens within the way that construction companies are now contracted it's happening in the way that you know other people other stakeholders are being contracted and you know as i said it's already a kind of consideration within platforms about enterprise wide versus best of breed so all mm. of those things if you and that's what i mean if you've worked in other industry areas you start to see patterns of both problems and opportunities you know and this is just an interesting thought coming to my mind when you when you say about uh, some might want best of breed and some might want something which is generic uh, and, and probably let's say a, you know a spot that we've defined i think what we've seen working with facilities management in, in projects which have been completed but they could be airports could be data centers and stuff like that what 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 we've seen justin is that who is really owning the retrofit uh, if the retrofit is being owned uh, via the energy side of things, it's it's often the building services, and they decide uh, what sort of technology enablement need to happen. Because and and I think you quite clearly said that we haven't seen enough of retrofit happen from the perspective where an asset owner is going in and saying, "Hey, I'm creating an enabling environment where the data would be owned by me, the connectivity would be owned by me, and then you know we can you know what we offer is connectivity in terms of data reciprocation or insights and stuff like that." So I think that is what's going to decide as to who ends up owning and which is not the challenge in in a in a in in something that's being built. Well, look, I mean, look, there's still specifications being issued out there for network refreshes which don't have any thought or provision for how like OT might or for you know have any convergence built into them in any shape or form. There are still fire systems being commissioned, CCT vision. Mm you know, BMA, BMS refreshers being commissioned where right. there isn't necessarily any thought about, you know, wider convergence going on. So, you know, and and it's interesting because if you, you know, there's, I went to, I've been to a couple of building shows recently and there's a lot of talk about digital transformation, but not always are they talking about that level of convergence where the IT people are talking to building operations or estate management and the sustainability team are in the room 
you know, so how many companies have put out a specification for, let's say, a network refresh, but also at the same time have committed to, you know, 2030, 2040, 2050 and drive to net zero, but haven't made any provision for operational technologies to go in to go in as part of their network refresh you know and it's like well how do you think you're ever going to get there unless you operationalize your buildings and connect up all your assets so you know it's not an attack on those people but it's just a suggestion on what what you might have to look through yes i think you know yeah so there's another part of the jigsaw puzzle that needs to happen which isn't just like people in the industry kind of coming together to talk more about how this might roll out it's also from you know the other side about how people within an organization come together and and look like this and you know maybe the the route into that is via the sustainability people to say look you know if you really are committed to drive towards net zero then part Mm. of what you're going to have to do is get your it people and building services in the room with you and other stakeholders Mm. you know probably you know head of is it hrco or chro you know head of that might be yeah. yeah yeah head of human resources or whatever because there's you know, it's also about employee experience, isn't it? You know, the user functionality. So you're probably going to have to get more people in the room as part of what it is that you're trying to do if you really want to achieve that. And I'm not saying, you know, because, you know, if you look at the stats, and I think we discussed this before, didn't we, that like um, every single platform (laughs) provider has the same second slide after their title slide, which is... 40% 40% of all admissions <laughs> from buildings. No, <laughs> our, our, our slide has 900, there are 900 million non-technical workforces in the operations. <laughs> so well so we, we change. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I, you know I, what I mean? It's I was, like was, everyone's was, aware of like how much that no, I, building I have contributes. I a sense of humor, but ours yeah. is the third slide, the 40% one. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, I mean, that's my point, really. So maybe if we really want that internal education to go on, you know, on the commissioning side, it may be, you know, and this is about lateral thinking. And I'm only saying that because before my kind of, you know, smart buildings journey, that's the space I was kind of operating in more on the communication side. But, Mm. you know, already there that you were seeing, you know, the connection between ESG reporting and actually kind of sort of more operational actions, but that was often in large FMCG companies, much more, um, you know, connected around their supply chains, their factories, Mm. Mm. their processes and things like that. Mm. I mean, I very rarely saw, you know, buildings as being like one of the key considerations that they were talking about. Absolutely. And, that's, and you know, and if anything, that's one of the reasons I was really excited to come into the smart building space, because it seemed, you know, given that stat, it seemed like a really tangible place to be in where you could make a difference, basically. Because, I mean, again, you know, I know we've clearly overshot the time, but I just have to make this one final. You, you sure. just again said very one interesting point, Justin, where you 
you mentioned that because emissions is such a big thing in in built in built environment that might be the the route to to bring the stakeholders together and especially as you read yeah. i'll just say this we we have we we get we we wanted to get started at, at a huge facility in 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 the middle of middle east and and it's been 3 months we've been figuring out with the it on the network so i could not and i could not and it's been like a it's been like one meeting after the other trying to solve for security network access and which are all legitimate by the way all legitimate discussions but as you rightly said the moment when you have that enabler in the room uh, which is let's say that hey we are committed to net zero and that's why it's important everything works out but the moment you do not have a driver it's difficult to get uh, you know everyone on board in in that sense so you you hit the nail on the head there uh, and that's also what their job is to do is to try and bring everyone on board and try and do it so you know and so like i you know i don't know i, I kind of think you know there is an education job to be doing i'm not going to name them but i think it's part of the process but you know there's a platform provider out there who's got this kind of campaign running at the moment called like you know turn off your, I, light, I, your bloody lights bloody off, lights you know? yeah and i think you know, that's part of it isn't it because like you know they are actually highlighting companies who do well, have well well i think mike mg would 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 really appreciate if you give him and his company the credit i he was my well, guest i mean i should do it's it's <laughs> metricus because that, like because they, this is, they, yeah. They no, no, spoke no. at the event that I am. Um, they kindly spoke at the right, event. And, and MG was 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 my my last. Uh, you know, uh, he was he was one of the guests at the. And absolutely, you simply love that, right? Because a lot of people would be very apprehensive on how you do that campaign. Be- people might get offended and stuff like that. But you but you really do it. I mean, and 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 I'm hoping that that has also got them customers, by the way, uh, which is <laughs> which is there. But but Justin, uh, thank you, thank you so much for taking time out. It was all it's always a pleasure, and I'm sure this is just the start of many conversations, not just between right. us, but between everyone who is whoever is 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 motivated about the prospects that happen to be there in this this uh, uh, this industry. Uh, thank you so much uh, to everyone who's tuned in, uh, Justin. follow him i'll send we'll have the links to his linkedin profile uh he has amazing uh you know as you have found out from the podcast thoughts lateral thinking uh and and is is more importantly according to me is wanting to 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 just have the conversation because it just helps and then whatever be the outcome uh, is really really important so thanks once again justin really a pleasure uh talking to you buddy thank you Thanks very much Yamesh it's like really good and really appreciate the opportunity as much as anything just to sort of sound out these ideas because you think about this stuff and unless you've got a sounding board you've got no idea about whether it you know makes any sense to anybody else or you've kind of connected some dots which actually didn't need joining so hugely appreciate the opportunity and absolutely in fact that's another thing so whoever is listening please be our sounding board if you think whatever we've spoken does not make sense or needs to be deliberated more I'm sure either one of us wouldn't mind having this conversation again but with you uh in the realm uh, as well thank you so much